Good morning. Good morning. Man, what a time. What an awesome day we we have planned. It's it's uh, underway. It's good. We we uh, number one, I get to preach again, and I'm really excited about that. Uh, if you don't know, if you're new with us, this church allows me to take uh, several weeks off in the fall and the spring to go with my girls to rodeo, and. Um, so, yeah, I've been here, I was here two weeks ago, but, but I feel like I'm getting closer to just being back. we got one more Sunday, we're going to be gone next weekend, but then we're back, and I'm excited to preach this morning. Um, I just crave it. I, I love God's Word, and I love sharing it with you, and I just pray this morning that your heart is ready to hear His Word. Uh, but more than that, communion this morning, what, what an awesome opportunity to remember what Jesus has done for us. And it is, it is by no means a time of sorrow and, and, um, and, and mourning. That was the word I was looking for. Mourning. But it's a time of celebration because of what He's done for us. And what a time uh, to gather up. And, and all believers, we believe that here in this church, that all believers in Jesus get to take that communion. And uh, there's no special uh, special thing of Beecher Island that you have to do in order to take note. You just believe in Jesus and you get to take communion with us. And what a what an awesome time that is. And uh, so yeah, you get to hear me preach communion, but one more thing that's really, really good. Hot blessing. If you don't know what that is, stick around after church, you will get your belly full and you'll know what it is. And it is good. So we encourage you all to stay after church. Uh, I promise you there is going to be plenty of food because I was just back there. It smells wonderful. There's lots of food. Stick around afterwards. Uh, enjoy and eat. And uh, we love the fellowship time. We love the sharing uh, each other's uh, food and, and just uh, joining together in that. So if you're new with us, just buckle up. Stick around. It's going to be good. going to be good. We are officially into the fall season. Some may yay, some may boo. <laughs> but it's good. It's good. It's a season of change, right? Uh, it's good to be best weather. Maybe not quite. I'm a little sweaty today. But it's okay. We're there. We're getting there. Best sweatshirt weather. It's, it's upon us. It's good. But it's a new season. And I always love the fall season. I, I do. I don't like winter, but I love fall. Uh, the changing of the colors. The the, the artwork that God gives us in this time of year is phenomenal. I mean, it does. it's just beautiful, beautiful, beautiful. Um, we have lots of trees around our house, and they're just starting to change a little bit. Man, the artwork is wonderful by our Creator. And, and, uh, but you know what? With seasons, there's always a start to it, and there's always an end to it. And so I want you to hear that this morning. That no matter what season you're in right now, if it's a good one or one that you are just ready to kick down the road, know that there's a beginning and an end to it. But also, in that season, Jesus tells us that we are new every morning. That we're new every morning. And so I want you to hear that this morning too, that you are new every morning in Him. And in your season... Even in the middle of your season, no matter if it's pulling you down, the evil of this world's got you, got you going crazy, know that you can be new in Him today. New in Him in a new season. 
And a new season can start today. Just as the fall season is underway, a new season can be for you. And if it's a new season for you, you're starting off right because you're right here at Beach Rock, where we are an independent, non-denominational, Jesus-loving, Bible-preaching church. And I pray that you hear God's Word today. I pray that that's what you hear. You don't hear me. You don't, you don't hear anything dumb that I'm going to say because chances are I'm going to say something dumb. Let that stay here in this building, okay? And you take God's Word home with you. That's my prayer. That's my prayer, that you leave here with Him and uh, closer in your relationship with Him. Closer in your walk. And it is good. Uh, you know, Ecclesiastes 3.1 says, To everything there is a season, a time for every purpose under heaven. Amen, amen. No matter what your season is, know that uh, there is a start and an end to it. And uh, I pray that you hear the voice of Jesus today. That's my prayer. That you hear the voice of Jesus today. Let's go to Him in prayer. Father God, I just thank You so much for today. I thank You for the beautiful fall season. I thank You for the cooler temperatures and the moisture that You've dumped out uh, here recently. What a blessing. What a blessing. Lord, I, uh, I pray that uh, no matter where each one of us are at in our season, the season we're in right now, that our eyes are upon You. And that we can know that there is a beginning and an end to it. And it is good. Because You are with us. And I just thank You so much for that. I thank You for loving us. I thank You for being with us. I thank You for Your Word. And I pray that that's what we hear today. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen. Yeah. So we will. Turn me to John chapter 20. John chapter 20. We are still in the season of John, just so you know. A little while longer. A little while longer. John chapter 20. A couple weeks ago, we, we jumped into chapter 20 and, and we started talking about Mary coming to the tomb, right? We know that she was with many other women uh, because of the other Gospels, but she came to the tomb and the tomb was open. She kind of freaked out, right? We know because of the other Gospels, the angels came to us and, and said, hey, what are you doing? What are you looking for? You're looking for the living among the dead. And Mary ran back to tell the other disciples, John and Peter. And we know that John wrote in his book, in his gospel, that he was a fast runner because he outran Peter. And I just think that's funny. Maybe other people don't. But I, he, he made sure that he put that in there, that he's faster than Peter. But he didn't go into the tomb, right? He gets to the tomb. He beat Peter to the tomb, but he didn't go in. Peter did. He just pushed his way right through there. And they look at the tomb. And they see the linen cloth lying there on the carved out stone. The handkerchief that covered Jesus' face was in a different area, folded, placed there intentionally. We know that John wrote, I saw and believed. Quite a statement from a man who had just been walking with Jesus for the last three years. Quite a statement. I saw and believed. We talked about that a couple weeks ago. And uh, we're going to continue on now in John chapter 20. And we're going to start in verse 11. Start in verse 11. Let me just tell you that if, if uh, you have your Bible, if you will follow along with me. If you don't have a Bible, there's many in front of you in the pews. If you need one, I'll get you one. We're going to hit some scripture today. 
This is one that I've been pondering on since John 1 1. Okay? I pray that I'm not taking anything out of context. I pray that what you hear today, you will take home and study. I'm not going to make any bold statements today, but I'm going to lay out some thought. And I pray that you'll go home and think about that thought and study. Okay? So, if you look at me after this sermon this morning and be like, what? It's okay, come talk to me, alright? <laughs> but I hope that you'll walk home, uh, go home, and, and study some more in it. And, and I'm excited about what John lays out in the next set of Scripture. We're going to read it all this morning, but I'm going to focus on a few Scriptures, 11 and following. But let's start at 11. Uh, just so you know, the disciples now have went back home. John and Peter went back home. Verse 11, But Mary stood outside by the tomb weeping. And as she wept, she stooped down and looked into the tomb. And she saw two angels in white sitting, one at the head and one and the other at the feet, where the body of Jesus had lain. Then they said to her, Woman, why are you weeping? She said to them, Because they have taken away my Lord, and I do not know where they have laid him. Now when she had said this, she turned around and saw Jesus standing there and did not know that it was Jesus. Jesus said to her, Woman, why are you weeping? Whom are you seeking? She, supposing him to be the gardener, said to him, Sir, if you have carried him away, tell me where you have laid him, and I will take him away. Jesus said to her, Mary. She turned and said to him, Rabboni, which is to say, Teacher. Jesus said to her, Do not cling to me, for I have not yet ascended to my Father, but go to my brethren and say to them, I am ascending to my Father and your Father, and to my God and your God. Mary Magdalene came and told the disciples that she had seen the Lord, and that He had spoken these things to her. Then the same day at evening, before the first day of the week, when the doors were shut, where the disciples were assembled, for fear of the Jews, Jesus came and stood in the midst, and said to them, Peace be with you. When he had said this, he showed them his hands and his side. Then the disciples were glad when they saw the Lord. So Jesus said to them, again, peace to you. And the Father has sent me. As the Father has sent me, I also send you. And when he had said this, he breathed on them and said to them, receive the Holy Spirit. If you forgive the sins of any, then they are forgiven them. If you retain the sins of any, they are retained. Now Thomas, called the twin, one of the twelve, was not with them when Jesus came. The other disciples therefore said to him, We have seen the Lord. So he said to them, Unless I see his hands, the see his hands, the prints of the nails, and put my finger into the prints of the nails, and put my hand into his side, I will not believe. And after eight days, his disciples were again inside. And Thomas with them, Jesus came, the door being shut, and stood in the midst and said, Peace to you. Then he said to Thomas, 
reach your fingers here and look at my hands and reach your hand here and put it into my side. Do not be unbelieving, but believe. And Thomas answered and said to him, My Lord and my God. Jesus said to him, Thomas, because you have seen me, you have believed. Blessed are those who have not seen and yet have believed. And truly, Jesus did many other signs in the presence of His disciples, which are not written in this book. But these are written that you may believe that Jesus is the Christ, the Son of God, and that believing you will have life in His name. Amen, amen. Amen, amen. I didn't start off before I read with verse 31. I knew we'd get to it. He wrote it so we know. So we believe. But you know, John started off with two words in verse 11 that I think bring great detail. It says, but Mary. But Mary. As I already said, the, the, the other disciples had gone home, right? But Mary stayed. Mary stayed at the tomb. Here we have the love and devotion of a woman who has been forgiven much. Therefore, she loves much. You know, uh, her heart was broken. Her heart was broken that somebody would steal the body of Jesus, but yet she still stayed there. She stayed there. She wanted to find out, right? And this time when she looked into the tomb, she saw two angels. Two angels sitting in the tomb. But something was different. Every other time in the New Testament, or in the Old, where an angel comes to visit somebody, there's one thing the angel says every time. Do not be afraid. Do not be afraid. The angels did not tell Mary, do not be afraid. There was something different. John writes that there was one angel at the feet and one angel at the head of where Jesus' body was placed. I try to picture this in my head. I, I, I try to picture what Mary had to have saw as she stooped down and looked in this tomb. A place of death, right? But here she sees the linen cloth laying on the carved out stone. She sees an angel in white, and I bet it was beautiful white, sitting at the head and one at the feet. But every time... I think of this. Every time I picture this in my head, I go somewhere else. I go somewhere else, and then I'm going to show you where I go. Exodus. If you'll turn me to Exodus. Second book of the Old Testament. Exodus chapter 25. Exodus chapter 25 is where we're going to go. you to know that this is the Lord speaking to Moses. This is the Lord speaking to, to, to Moses and He's giving instruction to the Israelites of what they are to do for the Ark of the Covenant. Ark of the Testament. He's giving them instruction. So we're going to start in verse 17 and do a little reading. 
says this. Exodus 25, starting verse 17. You shall make a mercy seat of pure gold. Two and a half cubits shall be its length, and a cubit and a half its width. And you shall make two cherubim of gold. Of, ha uh, of hammered work you shall make them at the two ends of the mercy seat. Make one cherub at one end, and the other cherub at the other end. And you shall make the cherubim at the two ends of it one piece with the mercy seat. And the cherubim shall stretch out their wings above, covering the mercy seat with their wings, and they shall face one another. The faces of the cherubim shall be towards the mercy seat. You shall put the mercy seat on top of the ark, and in the ark you shall put the testimony that I will give you. And there I will meet with you, and I will speak with you from above the mercy seat. From between the two cherubim which are on the ark of the testimony about everything which I will give you in commandment to the children of Israel. The mercy seat. The cherubim at each end facing the mercy seat. One more verse. Uh, uh, one thing I want to point out on that, though. Verse 22 says, I will be with you. I will be with you. Right? That's what he says. And there I will meet with you. There I will meet with you. Jump over to Exodus 30, verse 6. Exodus 30. Now I want you to know that this is still instruction to Moses from the Lord. Something a little different. It's the, the altar of incense that he's given him instruction on. <coughs> but we'll start in verse 6. <coughs> and you shall put it before the veil that is before the ark of the testimony, ark of the covenant, before the mercy seat that is over the testimony, where I will meet with you. Aaron shall burn on it. We're going to keep reading. Aaron shall burn on it, sweet incense, every morning when he tends the lamp, he shall burn incense on it. And when Aaron lights the lamp at twilight, he shall burn incense on it, a perpetual incense before the Lord, throughout your generations. You shall not offer strange incense on it, or a burnt offering, or a grain offering, nor shall you pour a drink offering on it. And Aaron shall make atonement upon its horns once a year with the blood of the sin offering of atonement. Once a year he shall make atonement upon it throughout your generation. It is most holy to the Lord. Alright. Atonement. Atonement. I'm going to try to wrap it all together with God's word. No, mine. So now if we jump to Hebrews. Hebrews 9. Hebrews 9 is uh, really good. <laughs> Hebrews 9. And again, I'm laying a lot out to you and I just pray that you will take it home and you will look at it and, and, and study it. Dig in. This is me. It's not the milk. Hebrews chapter 9. 
We're going to read it all because it needs to be read. Then indeed, even the first covenant had ordained of divine service and the earthly sanctuary. For a tabernacle was prepared. The first part in which was the lampstand, the table, and the showbread, which is called the sanctuary, which was before I read what I read at the beginning of Exodus. And behind the second veil, the part of the tabernacle, which is called the holiest of all, which had the golden censer and the ark of the covenant overlaid on all sides with gold, in which were the golden pot that had the manna, Aaron's rod that budded, and the tablet of the covenant. And above it were the cherubim of glory overshadowing the mercy seat. Of these things we cannot now speak in detail. Verse 6. Now when these things had been thus prepared, the priest always went into the first part of the tabernacle, permitting the service. But into the second part the high priest went alone once a year, not without blood, which he offered for himself and for the people's <coughs> sins, committed in ignorance. The Holy Spirit indicating this, that the way into the holiest of all was not yet made manifest while the first tabernacle was still standing. It was symbolic for the present time in which both gifts and sacrifices are offered which cannot make Him who performed the service perfect in regards to the conscience concerning only with foods and drinks, various washings and fleshly ordinances imposed until the time of reformation. Right here, listen, church. But Christ, but Christ came as high priest of the good things to come with the greater and more perfect tabernacle not made with hands that is not of this creation. Not with the blood of goats and calves, but with His own blood He entered the most holy place once for all having obtained eternal redemption for the blood of bulls and goats and the ashes of a heifer, sprinkling the unclean sanctifies for the purifying of the flesh, how much more shall the blood of Christ, who through the eternal spirits offered Himself without spot to God, cleanse your conscience from the dead works and to serve the living God. And for this reason, He is the mediator of the new covenant by means of death for the redemption of the transgressions under the first covenant, that those who are called may receive the promise of the internal inheritance. For where there is a testament, there must also, there must also a necessity be the death of the testator. For a testament is in force after men are dead, since it has no power at all while the testator lives. Therefore, not even the first covenant was dedicated without blood. For when Moses had spoken every precept to all the people according to the law, he took the blood of calves and goats with water, scarlet wool and hyssop, and sprinkled both the book itself and all the people, saying, This is the blood of the covenant which God has commanded you. Then likewise, he sprinkled with blood both the tabernacle and all the vessel of the ministry. And according to the law, almost all things are purified with blood. And without shedding of blood, there is no remission. Therefore, it was necessary that the copies of the things in the heavens should be purified with these, but the heavenly things themselves with better sacrifices than these. 
For Christ has not entered the holy place made with hands, which are copies of the true, but into heaven itself, now to appear in the presence of God for us. Not that He should offer Himself often as the high priest enters the holy, most holy place every year with blood of another. He then would have to do, He would have to suffer often since the foundation of the world. But now, once at the end of the age, He has appeared to put away sin by the sacrifice of Himself. And as it is appointed for men to die once, but after this, the judgment, so Christ was offered once to bear the sins of many. To those who eagerly wait for Him, He will appear a second time, apart from sin, for salvation. Amen, amen. Maybe I'm wrong. But when I picture Mary looking into the tomb, where Jesus was laid, the two angels looking at the body, facing each other. The mercy seat. Atonement. Christ. Jesus. Jesus laid dead in the tomb. Atonement. His blood covers all who call on His name. took the blood to cover all of us. His blood. Not a spot on Him. His blood. <clears throat> but as Mary looked in, as the angels covered the mercy seat, Jesus meets with Mary. He meets with her right there. In John 20, <clears throat> if you jump back over there with me, John 20, verse 14 and 15, <clears throat> this is what it says. Now when she had said this, she turned around and saw Jesus standing there and did not know that it was Jesus. Jesus said to her, Woman, why are you weeping? Whom are you seeking? She supposing Him to be the gardener. She thought it was the gardener. Said to Him, Sir, if you've carried Him away, tell me where you've laid Him, and I will take Him away. She didn't recognize Jesus. She knew who Jesus was. She had just spent how much time with Him. But he's standing right there and he didn't change. Because later on we know. She didn't recognize him. There's lots of assumptions as to why she didn't recognize him. Lots of Bible scholars have their opinion. I just say this, she didn't recognize him. She flat didn't recognize him. She even thought he was the gardener. The Savior of the world was standing there right there beside her, and she didn't recognize him. Church, how often is this us? How often is Jesus standing right beside us? And we don't recognize him. I'm going to take it a step further, because if we believe in Jesus, we have the Holy Spirit living in us, abiding in us. He is in us. And how often do we still not recognize Him in the busyness of the world, in the busyness of our life, in the valley, in the good time. How often do we not recognize Jesus right there with us? And say, God, where are you? 
God, where are you? Jesus says, right here. Right here. You see, but then Mary hears a familiar voice. She, she hears this familiar voice call her name. Listen to me. If you say, I don't know His voice, if you say, I can't hear His voice, stop talking. Stop talking. Because listen, if you confess Jesus Christ as Lord, He, he tells us in John 10, 27, He said, My sheep hear My voice. My followers hear My voice. My people who believe in Me hear My voice. And I know them. He says that I know them and they follow Me. If you can't hear His voice calling your name, Shut off the voice of this world. Shut off the voice of the flesh and open up your Bible and read it. Open your Bible and, and, and read His Word. You'll hear His voice, I promise you. You will hear His voice just as Mary did. And the Scripture says that she turned to Him and said, Rabboni, which means teacher, Rabboni. You see, she was still... <clears throat> She was still looking at him as who she knew him as. The great teacher. The great teacher. She, she did not realize that he was now more than just a great teacher. He was her Lord and Savior. And so the Lord prepared to explain to her the, the newer and fuller way that she was now going to know him. And some people really struggle with this next set of Scripture. But I want you to hear what Jesus is saying. Don't take it out of context, okay? Listen to what Jesus is saying. He, says, he said to her, do not cling to Me. Saying simply, do not cling to this flesh. Don't cling to Me as the man standing right here. Because He goes on. He says, for I have not yet ascended to My Father. Saying this, when I do return to heaven, the Holy Spirit will be sent down uh, to this earth. He will come and He will reveal more to you than I ever could reveal to you standing right here. And you will know me better than you've ever known me. And I will be nearer and dearer to you than was ever possible as me standing here in the flesh. That's what He's telling me. And then he told her, but go to my brethren and say to them. For the first time, Jesus refers to his disciples as brethren. Think about that. For the first time, they're referred to as brethren. He... And then he says, go to them. Go to them and, and, and you'll see. But I want you to know about my father and your father. But listen, not until now were believers made sons and heirs with God. Not until this point. And Jesus is laying it out. Hey, we're together. We're together now. Because Jesus said, I'm ascending to my Father and your Father and to my God and your God. I want you to see that Jesus did not say our Father. 
He said, my Father and your Father. Now, now we know that, that the reason is that, that God is the Father to Him is in a different sense, right? God is the Father to Jesus in a different sense than He's the Father to us. God is the Father of the Lord Jesus from all eternity and for all eternity. Christ is a Son by eternal generation. And we, we are sons by adoption. We are sons by adoption. And in that though, we can be called a child of God. A child of God. When we are saved, and that will never end, when we are saved, when we believe and confess in Him, we become a child of God. Romans 14, Romans chapter 8, verse 14. <clears throat> Just listen to this. Romans chapter 8, verse 14. For as many as are led by the Spirit of God, these are the sons of God. For you do not receive the spirit of bondage again to fear, but you receive the spirit of adoption by whom we cry out, Abba, Father. The Spirit Himself bears witness with our spirit that we are children of God. And if children, then heirs, heirs of God and joint heirs with Christ. If indeed we suffer with Him, if we suffer with Him, that we may also be glorified together. See, that's what Jesus is explaining to Mary. That's what He's laying out as to who He is. And when He leaves, the Holy Spirit will come and it will fill all believers. And in Him we can walk. And in Him we can stand. Shedding the blood. Jesus covering all sins of those who call on His name. See, when you call on His name and you believe, the Holy Spirit comes into you. That's why He had to leave. So that He can send the Helper, the Counselor, the one who will walk with you through everything on this life, in this world, and in this life, more than Jesus ever could have done walking in the flesh beside those who followed him. But in that, church today, understand that there is only true life in Christ. And you can only have that true life in Christ when you call on his name. When you confess Him as Lord. When you are a child of God. And if you don't know if you are a child of God before you leave here today, I want you to know you know what it is to be a child of God. And He said, Believe in Me. As John wrote, but these things are written so that you may believe that Jesus is the Christ, the Son of God. And that believing, listen to me, believing you will have life in His name. It's confessing Him. It's allowing Him to be the Lord of your life. Not hanging on to the flesh, but hanging on to the Christ. And that's what He was explaining to Mary. And listen to me, if you can't hear His voice, if you can't hear His voice and you're asking God, where are you? Shut off the noise. 
and get into his word. Shut off the, vo the, the voices, the noise, the, the things of this world and get into his word. I'm going to invite the praise team to come on up. But I just want to say uh, today if you don't know if you're a child of God, change that. Do something about that. Jesus has already done everything He needs to do for you to have life. And life abundant. All you have to do is choose Him. All you have to do is confess Jesus Christ as Lord and believe in your heart that God raised Him from the dead and it says you will be saved. There's no and. There's no you got to do this and that. <clears throat> it is. Believe and be saved. So today, if you've not confessed Jesus Christ as Lord, today's the day. Today's the day to do it. Why let another day go by without confessing? Because when you confess it, you can know. You can know, you can know, you can know that you are a child of God. And nobody can take that away from you. Nobody. If you're doing that for the first time today of confessing Jesus Christ as Lord, I want to talk with you. I want to pray with you. I want to encourage you. I want to be on this journey with you. If you've made that commitment, but you have not made the decision to be baptized in water, why not? Let's do it. There's great opportunity. That water has no salvation whatsoever in it. But it's a statement. A big statement. In front of witnesses that will hold you accountable in Christ. So if you haven't confessed, do it today. If you haven't been baptized, let's talk. If you need prayer for any reason at all, I want to pray with you. So as we stand and sing here in just a minute, come forward. Pray with me. If you, if, you're, if you need prayer for any reason, if you're confessing Him today, just come forward. If that is scary to you, or worrisome, or feel like it's not for you, stomp the devil out, lay the pride aside, and come forward, okay? Let's go to Him in prayer. Father God, I thank You so much for Your Word. <clears throat> I thank You, Jesus, For being the Son, the All, you were from the beginning. What was created, you were part of creating. But you came to this earth in the human flesh. 100% God, 100% man, just as Trevor said. And you walked and you taught. And you were perfect. And then you went to the cross and were crucified for us. Your body was broken. Your blood was shed for us. Not for any other reason, but for us. Thank you, thank you, thank you. Laid in that tomb, but it was for three days. And then, and then you, God, raised him from the grave. Raised him from the grave and, and <clears throat> proving 
that he, you, Jesus, are the Christ, the Son of God. And that same power that raised you from the grave is the power that is in all of your believers. You tell us that. Jesus, help us to walk in that power. Help us to walk in that faith. Help us to walk in that knowing that you are everything and when we are in you, you conquer all. Help us all to hear your voice. Help us all to shut off the noise, the busyness of our life and hear your voice. Call our name. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you for loving us. Thank you for today. And it's in your name, Jesus, that I pray. Amen.